Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, uh, my name is Akiba Leesman. I'm the CEO of Mako Mining. And the way that I like to describe it is that we're doing three things in northern Nicaragua. Uh, first and foremost, we have now commercialized what is the highest grade open pit mine in the world. Uh, nameplate capacity is 500 tons per day. Uh, we declared commercial production on that uh, July 1st. So we'll be reporting our, our first commercial production quarter uh, this coming November. Secondly, we've made a discovery a couple kilometers to the south of San Albino. The intent is to go and develop that into a resource and get that permitted and start mining uh, Las Conchitas uh, alongside San Albino by the very end of next year and to expand our operations at a thousand tons a day by the very end of 2022. And thirdly, and what I think is the most important part about this company is that we do think that we're sitting on an orogenic gold mining camp over here. We've just scratched the surface from an exploration perspective. Everything that we're finding from a prospecting perspective is confirming what we, we truly believe to be uh, a very, very special uh, mining camp. Akiva, good to see you again. Uh, we spoke back, I think, er early July, I, I think possibly. A um, lot has happened since then. Just wanted to uh, dial in for a quick update. Where I want to go with this, I want to start with Cleaning up balance sheets, okay? You made an announcement about the extension of the Wexford loan. I noticed also Sailfish have uh, loaned you eight million bucks uh, to maybe take out Nabari. Um, what's going on there? Why, 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 why all this tidying up and why now? Right, so let, let's go over about what the, the capital was, uh, uh, was needed for. Uh, so when the management changes happened in 2019, there were two tranches of equity capital that came into the company. Uh, the first was a backstop rights offering in July of 2019 for about US $20 million. The second was a syndicated uh, underwritten bought deal uh, in July of 2020 for another US $20 million. Uh, 12 of that went to Wexford and eight of that went to uh, to the broader uh, markets uh, in, a, in a well uh, a well executed uh, bought deal. And then uh, we actually got hit by a couple of major hurricanes uh, right in the middle of, of construction uh, in early November of last year, uh, pushed back kind of our, the commercialization of the asset by about three months. Uh, so in February of this calendar year, we took a loan from a third party called Nabari in the amount of $6.4 million, which is enough capital to continue our, our exploration program to, to keep uh, the working capital in place and for any startup issues that, that we had. Uh, this summer, um, because of a confluence of events that we'll, we'll go over in detail later, uh, we decided to refinance uh, that Nabari uh, facility. So that has been refinanced uh, by a finite tenor gold loan from an affiliate, affiliated entity called Sailfish Royalty Corp, which I'm also the executive chairman of. Um, and then uh, with that money, we were able to remove any financial imbalance sheet covenants associated with it. The mine has been very cash generative uh, since the end of May over this year. Uh, so we no longer have to deal with uh, true third parties over here. Uh, and we now have infinite flexibility of our balance sheet, uh, inclusive of investing in expiration and frankly, even capital returns to shareholders. So we've announced a, a buyback uh, with cash going back to our shareholders now that we have excess cash coming coming through the operations. Is, but isn't that, isn't that kind of, it's, it's kind of the problem, I think. Some, some, of, the, some of the questions being sent out and some, some of the, the data is looking at this are going, Hang on, this seems to be the Wexford Boys Club here, right? But you raise 20 million bucks, you give 12 straight away to Wexford. You raise 8 million bucks, you give 1.8 of that to, to Wexford. You know, we, we talk, you know, you, well, we talk the share buyback, you know, should you be putting money into the ground or should you be, you know, buying shares? 
you know, a debate that, you know, different people will have different attitudes on, you know, you can sort of see why, why people feel that, you know, Wexford seem to be doing this for their own benefit. Is that, is that a fair accusation? So uh, a few things to that. First of all, Wexford is an, an economic entity, right? So they are a private equity and hedge fund group. They are looking out for their own objectives. I am looking out for my own objectives. Investors in Mako should be looking out for the, their own objectives. That being said, really everybody's main goal over here is to make sure that the company's business plan is fully financed, that we're able to, to grow into what our, our three-stage objectives uh, are, um, and they are supporting shareholders uh, in that regard. So I, I get into this discussion a lot with, uh, with investors, uh, with other corporates, frankly, Anytime that we talk uh, to them about the, the structure of, uh, of NACO, it's like, all right, well, if we're an investor, how, how do we get Wexford down to, to, a, to a lower level? If I'm a, if I'm a, a smaller, me medium-scale company, it's like, all right, maybe we can enter into a, an M&A uh, discussion. How do I get Wexford um, less in an in, uh, in, in influential uh, position over here? The truth of the matter is we are a junior mining company, and we have truly one of the most valuable assets uh, that I, I know of, which is a very sophisticated, very well-capitalized investor who's willing to actually protect the downside over here. So when we go through some operational difficulties, there is capital over there. Everything that we needed to do in financing our, our 500 tons per day, 1,000 tons per day, finding the orogenic uh, camp over here, we always knew that there was going to be the capital to go and invest in it. So the long-term objective of the company is to make this certainly more of a, of a normal and, a, and traditional uh, company. But while we were in our growth phase, it was a tremendously valuable asset uh, to have a, a backer like Wexford uh, really to provide all the support that we needed, uh, not only to advance the, the business objectives, but even going back in the past to actually create Mako. If it wasn't for, for Wexford, uh, the, the formational transaction of combining Marlin and Golden Rain would have never happened. So are you having difficulty raising money elsewhere? Is, is that the problem? Because, you know, the Wexford loan, what, what's left, we had a 12.8, 12.9 million bucks, a 10%, it, it's pretty chunky. Surely you'd want to remove that as quickly as possible. And I don't, I don't know, I can't remember what the terms are with, with Sailfish on, on the 8 million, but again, <laughs> How, do you, how are you going to manage this? I know you're producing at the moment, but it seems to be all the money's going back into the debt. We're talking about expiration in a minute, minute, I hope, and I just want to get a sense of how you balance those uh, obligations out. Okay, so there's a couple of parts to that question. One is one is access to capital, and then one is just the, the basic terms and, and kind of just uh, uh, capital allocation decisions based on, on the price of capital. So the availability of capital, <laughs> there's there's... It's really been, this I think is the fundamental piece of confusion that, that comes with really any of our portfolio companies within the gold mining space. We always have the capital available to complete our objectives, but the, the primary kind of um, ideal is to have the public companies support themselves. So we go through these very, it actually allows us to, to be very disciplined kind of managers and, and, and stewards of, of public capital by seeing if the individual companies can go and, and raise capital to advance their business objectives. But to the extent that capital is not available, yes, uh, Wexford is, is kind of always there uh, in, in the background. It was a tremendous, tremendously valuable asset for that to happen. That being said, 
because we have a, a Wexford in the background, I don't actually have to fall into the trap of, of kind of convincing shareholders that my company is something that it's not. And, and I think this is kind of like the fundamental problem in a, in a capital starved industry that use that term a little bit loosely in that if generally speaking, if investors knew what the real term, terms were and the real returns were for the individual projects collectively as a whole, there would be no investor that would be investing in the, the average project. So we have two things that is very valuable. One, we actually have a project that is uh, meriting uh, capital to be invested to create the project, which is unique. I would say less than 10% of the companies out there can actually have a project that's actually uh, deserving of capital. But likewise, we're in a, in, a, in a great situation where we can actually tell people the truth about what we, we have. This is what Nicaragua is. It's not, not all like sunshine and rainbows over here. There's a lot of difficulty to get the, the gold out. But by being open and transparent is that if investors want to come along for the ride, they're, they're more than welcome. And if they don't want to come along for the ride, we still have the capital available to us. Now, from a, from a price and, um, and returns perspective, uh, the Wexford loan uh, right now is yielding uh, 10%. Uh, if it's uh, extended past uh, February of next year, there'll be a bonus payment of, of 500 ounces of uh, gold on that. So it is definitely our intent uh, to repay uh, really the entirety of the principal uh, before that happens. Uh, we did announce a, a, a buyback associated with that, uh, about a, not, not associated with a loan, but a buyback uh, kind of in connection with the general balance sheet um, uh, restructuring saying that if our stock was trading at the levels that it was a couple of weeks ago, at the end of the day, we'll, we'll be there to, to, to support the stock. But our primary focus is to get that debt repaid to zero. And then once the debt is repaid in early of next year, our, our full intent is to, is to repurchase all 33 million shares that we announced in the buyback. It's, you use an interesting phrase there about telling the truth to the market. I had a conversation with the CEO the other day. We were talking about uh, feasibility studies and saying, well, I could choose to use this as a marketing tool, or I can use it to actually work out what the economics of my project actually are. I've got, I've got two mm -hmm. choices here. And the former happens more often than the latter with mining companies. So I, I, and I appreciate your, the point you make there. There's a, there's a degree of, or there's, there's, there's more honesty in having the facility of a big private equity balance sheet behind you. So I, yeah, I think that's probably not been said very often uh, or enough. Um, look, okay, look, I, I, just, I just wanted to go there because I think there's, there's enough, uh, there's a bit of negative um, chat around, you know, well, what is Wexford trying to do here? Is it trying to suck out all the value or is it trying to get a fair return on its investment to date? I've heard your story. Um, can we can we talk a little bit about, um, obviously what's going on at San Labino? You, you're, you're in the optimization phase, right? You started pouring, I think just after we talked, or just before we talked, I can't remember, beginning of July, A little July, bit before. Right? So, right? Uh, yeah, so first, um, the high grade started to be put through the mill in mid-May. mid, uh, mid -May. We actually technically had a, a gold pour in January, <laughs> a small, small gold pour in January this year. Uh, but we, we started to put the, um, the good stuff through the mill uh, on May 12th, uh, which, and the, the mills were kind of running at uh, levels that we would deem to be commercial uh, at that time. And then it would have been an accounting nightmare if we declared commercial production in truck quarter. Uh, so we kind of pushed back uh, commercial production declaration to, to the first day of Q3. So this this last quarter was the first uh, the first full quarter of 
commercial production. Okay, and so when was the next big announcement? So with on on that uh, on that on that front, we're going to be putting out our our first uh, commercial production accounting numbers for Q3, which will likely be out the uh, the third week of November, and then that will have a comprehensive uh, accounting of, of our costs. And then likewise, there's going to be very, very uh, large movements of, uh, of working capital because uh, prior to the declaration of uh, commercial production, kind of all of our inventory, uh, our stockpiles, which uh, was aggregating to over 12,000 ounces of gold, everything in circuit, which was aggregating to over 3,000 ounces of gold, uh, was all kind of put to, to long-term property plant and, uh, and equipment, a long-term asset. Uh, all of that at, at cost gets moved back uh, into the current category. So there's going to be uh, a much higher than $10 million uh, a positive adjustment to working capital when we do, uh, announce our uh, our numbers in, in November along with our, our comprehensive cost accounting. Simplify that for your audience. What's it mean? So to simplify that from the audience, if you take a look at our Q2 financials, there's a big working capital deficit. That for all intents and purposes goes away in Q3. Okay. okay. You went into financial speak there, I think, um, which is fine. Okay, so look, it, you've also got to manage um, that narrative and manage expectations here because you know I, I think at two hundred fifty million, you're you're I think you're fully valued here. You're going to need to show more from the exploration play. You're going to need to show show more resources. Um, but I appreciate you. I mean, actually, just just come back on the production front. Has it been all plain sailing? Because you know, obviously, it's, you know, mining's tough. It's the it's the optimization phase. What are the things that you hadn't expected or had ex- had expected and definitely happened, which have you know, maybe slowed things down? Right. So the the plant was, for all intents and purposes, uh, complete at the end of uh, Q1. So so March 31st, we had all all the kit developed. So there was like two stages of kind of. Uh, teething issues that we needed to address. There was the the crisis level teething issues, uh, which occurred in April and then the first two weeks of May, where the the two primary circuits of our our plant, the the, the gravity circuit and the intense cyanide reactor, to process golds through through gravity, and our carbon and leach circuit for two very disparate reasons couldn't actually get gold at the back end, right? So if you are a, a mine that, that doesn't have the ability to actually get the, the shiny stuff out the door, uh, you can you can very well get into a cash crunch. So I would consider April and, and early May to be uh, crisis level issues. And luckily we were able to uh, to resolve those on, uh, on the week before May 12th. And then really since that time, the mine has been profitable. Now we're in a situation where it really is more about fine tuning. And fine-tuning in, in the context of kind of where we are in this this global logistics uh, crunch that we're uh, that we're operating in right now. So for for June, July, and uh, August, and, and even to a certain extent uh, September, uh, we had various bottlenecks and, and, and adjustments that needed to be made where it was not ideally located within the plant. So so a couple of uh, for, uh, uh, situations over here. So uh, we had our our filter uh, cloths from the the filter press uh, were were kind of not cleaning the the water good enough. So we had very high turbidity water going into our Nelson concentrators, and that just got there. So the the gravity concentrator became kind of a bottleneck. That's not where the bottleneck should be. We had an issue where some of the historical timbering with these little toothpicks that the the old timers left with their 
with their ground support from the uh, from the late 19th century wound its way into the plant. You got these little toothpicks that started to to gum up uh, our screens in our illusion circuit. We needed to deal with that. We actually had to develop a little uh, workaround to deal with those uh, those those toothpicks getting into the uh, to the system. Then we also had uh, really an, an unprecedented situation. It's kind of um, unique. Certainly, I've never experienced before from a, from a labor availability uh, side. Really, from uh, end of June to, to early August, uh, where we had quite a few uh, people um, decide to, to emigrate uh, from from Nicaragua to to the United States uh, because of uh, economic reasons. It was really a once in a, a lifetime opportunity for there to be not only open borders uh, but but also economic incentives for for people to, to to work in places like like Florida. So we we lost a lot of people through through turnover in 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 July, and, and luckily that's been rectified. We had to adjust salaries across the board to, to make sure that everybody was incented to to stay over at site. Uh, but um, to, to lose some some pretty well trained people was uh, was uh, was problematic. All of this I would put into kind of like getting everything up to, to speed. So, for instance, we our nameplate capacity is uh, 500 tons per day, and what that that really should mean is that you're running uh, 525 tons per day at around 95% availability. So multiply those two numbers together, you get get roughly 500 tons per day. We've been averaging for the quarter 429 tons per day at 85% availability. So that's about kind of high 70% of where, where we need to be. The mine is like really cash generative right now. I mean, we, our, our operating costs are, are 2, million, 2 million bucks a, a month. Uh, the revenue that's coming from that, we were producing uh, probably an average of 2750 uh, a month. Now that we've actually fixed some of those bottlenecks and the bottlenecks of the plant are where they belong, those numbers are going up pretty significantly. So we're we're going to be uh, we'll be close to four thousand ounces uh, for this month. Uh, we'll be over ten thousand ounces for the quarter with uh, with operating costs pretty similar to what we had in Q3. So these are the fine tuning issues that we need to to go through. We're not not quite there at the nameplate capacity, but we'll we'll be there this quarter. And in the meantime, the mine is uh, is gushing cash. Okay, so I'm a former analyst. You're an analyst. The way you went about <laughs> doing the numbers before you actually get your hands dirty and recognize that toothpicks can be a problem for you. Do you think that's going to make you better at your guidance and forecast numbers going forward? Because you've got a better appreciation of actually how hard it is, the problems that do come up, the issues that will will occur. It's a, it's a personal thing. I'm not necessarily about the company, I'm just about you. Whether whether it makes me a better financial analyst, I don't know. It certainly makes me more humble. Right? There's, there's no, no question about that. Uh, that uh, the, the last 12 years of my career has certainly been, been a learning experience. Um, so, but yeah, and, and actually, even from, from on the investor side, like everybody has to has to understand, mining is difficultly uh, difficult. Uh, running plants are, are difficult. One of the things that our our group actually is very very good at is uh, is problem solving. So um, I would say the the ability to to have these things thrown at uh, at us, we, we do have the uh, the capacity uh, to fix them in pretty short order without without things getting out of control. And if it really wasn't for for having a group like we, we had, we, we could definitely get into into trouble. But it, it's certainly a risk that investors uh, need to need to be cognizant of. This is not just moving moving paper around uh, uh, around the, the desk. Well said, and that's not said enough. Investors sometimes get told the kind of shiny version, which is paper-based and not necessarily, you know, 
doesn't have the benefit of experience or, or the truth uh, being applied. So that's well said. Um, can we just look at this kind of backfill valuation thing? So whatever, whatever you think, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever I think, whatever you think, we may, we may not agree on it, but I think there's a bit of backfilling or valuation needs to be done here. What are the tools available to you? Obviously, you, you know, you're know, you going and doing some share buyback, right? Whatever you think, whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I think I'd prefer you to be putting money in the ground in expiration, but let's not have that debate now. But what are the things that you're going to do? I'm assuming... You've got to keep the you've got to keep the production running smoothly. You've got to optimize it and, and get that going. I'm thinking more of the blue sky because your problem for me is scale. And if you've got the orogenic component, that could be really interesting. If you've got more of what you've got today on the higher grade stuff, that's great too. But what are you focusing on? Yeah, so I, I don't even view this as as blue sky. I think it's I think it is fundamental to the company what we are doing right now, and it it. it, it it triggers a lot of people when when I, when I say this. It kind of get this this kind of myopic view about um, about what what Mako is. We're not really a production company. We are a self funded exploration company, right? So the the mine is is there to support what we're doing, kind of in the 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 direct expense expense potential, and then then eventually on from a from a regional perspective on on where we are. Now, the reason why I say people get triggered on this is, is it can go in in both sides. There, there are the people that that, that say, "All right, you're you're a, a producing company. Let's say you're going to be doing mid forty thousand ounces a, a year. Granted, this is going to be stuff that's going to be well in excess of a thousand dollar margins associated with it. So even at forty thousand ounces a year, this is an extremely extremely profitable mine. But I, I get your point in terms of getting this up to to scale where you can actually have these these check the box." Um, uh, approaches to, to to mine investing that a lot of analysts have out there that needs to be of a, of a certain production profile, hundred thousand ounces for argument's sake, certain reserve life, etc. That's not the reason why the plant was developed in the first place. The plant was developed in the first place so we can understand the geology. This is not it is not a simple geology that what we we have over here. We went through painstaking details. Uh, with that uh, that geological model and resource update that we put out last year, that I, I also thought uh, was uh, was taken by uh, by the market in, in two very different directions over there. That was a very very important milestone for this company because it was the first time that you actually had a model that was representative of the geology. It had nothing to do with the size of the resource, but it allowed us to actually have the understanding for what San Albino is about. So we can actually use that as an analogous model to what we have elsewhere in the property and eventually underground to all of these deposits. So that 270,000 ounce resource that we developed at the end of, uh, of, uh, of last year was really just the starting point for us to understand the rest of the property to know what we're actually going after. So now we don't have to worry about the, the financial markets. You don't need to raise capital. Everything is, is cash flow generative. And then there's 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 step two and step three. Step two is to get to scale, to bring in some of these these near mine expansion opportunities, Las Conchitas, then even even directly associated with San Albino, to get this up to uh, to a profile where people could say, "All right, you're, you're now operating at scale." But even then, the, uh, the the game here is to go and unlock the code for this orogenic gold mining camp. And everything that we're seeing from a prospecting perspective has every indication that this type of, of camp is going to wind up having an endowment in the millions of ounces of gold when all is said and done. Right. I mean, do you, do you feel slightly? This comes back to the beginning of the conversation, right? So you you've been, we had that conversation last time about the the, the purpose 
of uh, San Albino, right? And we, 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 we got there, we understood it, and you were looking at the potential of what else, is, what else is out there, and that's where the true value in the future lies. But in the meantime, you're slightly paralyzed with the Wexford loan overhang there. You don't want to get caught out and have to you know, hand over 500 uh, ounces. You don't, and you've also got to pay back your, your, I don't know what you call it, sister company? Portfolio company uh, in the shape of uh, Sailfish, you know, that you owe them some money uh, to. Um, do, do you feel that you can find a way through um, by maybe going and raising some money in, in the open market? Um, or do some of the confines or, or, or constructs of the uh, loans prevent you from doing that? Because only when you sort the balance sheet out can you really allocate capital the way you want to to unlock the potential through exploration. Surely, no, no, I, I would, I would actually disagree with that. Uh, every everything uh, that we're funding right now from exploration or uh, is not capital uh, constrained. It, it really is uh, human resources and, and logistical resources uh, constrained. So we we currently have three rigs on site. We've contracted another two rigs on site that that they also have been kind of caught in the, the global logistical supply crunch. So frankly, they should have been at site a few weeks ago. They're, hopefully, they'll be in, at site in, in a few weeks' time. And then the the five rigs that we have are going to be sufficient to to kind of get Las Conchitas kind of into into a secondary production center uh, of next year. And then. We're right now in the, the very late stages of, uh, of getting our drilling permits on our, uh, our two other regional concessions, uh, Puerto Rios and Segoviana. Once that happens, we'll allocate uh, drilling to that. There is not a single, like truly, there has not been a single target that we basically said, we're going to have to defer that because we don't have capital for it. So number one objective, and this is me as, as management, uh, Wexford as a, as a shareholder, I used to work for, for Wexford. I, I talk to them often. They're, they're, they're a very large shareholder, so I, I, I need to talk to them often in, in, in that regard. Everybody is supportive to finance everything that we need to do to do steps one, two, and three. Beyond that, because the, ca the cash coming from the mine is beyond what we can actually feasibly invest and reinvest in the ground, at that point in time, that capital uh, is is going well, to we, have. Give me that uh, guidance number. Yeah. Give me the guidance number, Akiva. So, so, what what are you telling the market that the the mine is going to be able to contribute as free cash flow to you? So we've given given little snippets uh, publicly um, in terms of what the the mine's cost basis was. So for for two of the the three months of this quarter, uh, we were averaging about one point nine million dollars of of mine site costs. Uh, assume that uh, that that last uh, last month in September was roughly the same in terms of what our, our cost base. So let's say round number of two million bucks. Um, that is basically everything that we need to run the operations: our, our mining costs, our processing costs, uh, our our mine site GNA, and then our external GNA to Nicaragua directly associated with uh, with the mine. Even when the mine was running at about seventy five percent. Uh, this was a, a mine that was producing and, and selling over 2,700 ounces uh, a month uh, at 1787. I think was like our average price of gold that we got. So even in those those three months, this was a very cash generative mine. Now we're taking a step up. This month, without a very material increase in uh, in our processing costs, that's really the only uh, only variable that that will increase. We're going to be we're going to be producing close, potentially even more than 4,000 ounces this month. Uh, will be over 10,000 ounces for the quarter, and then you can do the math in terms of what that's going to mean from a from a from a profit contribution. In terms of what we're spending on exploration, 
Uh, now with the three rigs, it's probably uh, $600,000 a month. Uh, that will probably increase to about a million uh, thereabouts when we get the other two uh, two rigs, all of which can be can be funded. Now, on the, the Wexford loan, I, I would love to, to repay that back quickly. Uh, so if, if our, our stock trades well, then then great. The, uh, the, the cap will be allocated for to principal repayment. The stock trades in the, in the dumps, we also have an opportunity to, to repurchase shares, although my preference is to repay debt. Once that loan is repaid, though, our full intent is to repurchase those 33 million shares in total, and we will have more than enough capital to do coming from the mine without actually having to raise capital from the outside. But this is not a company that is capital constrained in terms of what is uh, being reinvested in the ground. Okay. I think part of, part of the question was around what were the restrictions or covenants on either of the loans that sounds light. There's, there's, there's really none. Um, and actually, that's the that's the primary reason for the, the refinance Nabari. And by the way, Nabari was great, right? So like if, if any, any junior money company wants to, to borrow money from, from somebody, uh, you, you can call me, I'll, I'll give you Nabari's numbers. They're, 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 they're fantastic to, to deal with. But it was not a sister company. There There is a step change in flexibility when you're dealing with a loan from Wexford, when you're dealing with a loan from Sailfish. And... I was telling you, telling you earlier, it was like um, last year. It was, it was, it was, it was great. We had the, the winds at our back. We had the, uh, it was a gold bull market. Uh, I did for the first time in my career, I did a vanilla equity raise to, to the public markets. It was, it was great. I met with twenty six investors. They were all on Zoom because it was dead smack in the middle of the pandemic. We, we had a, a slightly oversubscribed uh, facility. It was fantastic. Hunky dory. I thought I was a normal company uh, last year. Guess what? The gold bull market was probably a little bit of a false start. We're not. We're not a normal company yet. But part of our abnormality happens to be the fact that we have this wonderful asset in terms of the mine, which is special, and we have this wonderful asset, which is our our shareholder base, which is also special and unique for for this industry. It's true. Last year it was. Quite bizarre. Lots of companies being offered money that they shouldn't um, have been offered, but uh, I think that you know that's coming out to roost this year in, in some cases. Um, okay, for, for you looking forward, um, I think you kind of laid out what your objectives are and, and how you get there. Uh, and I guess we're looking at from mid-November for for these numbers to kind of confirm what you've just said. And you're often running out the races. It's easy breezy mining now, isn't it? From now on. Yeah, it's, it's, obviously there's a, there's a lot of a lot of challenges uh, to running. Um, uh, I would say one of the the hard parts about uh, the pandemic is that I, I wasn't able to get the site uh, right. So it was, uh, it was probably 14 months uh, for me to to be away from site. Even our, our core operating team, uh, there were periods of time where we, we had a, we had to charter a, a, a private uh, jet for for one or two times in order to actually get some some people uh, relief. Uh, to to get in and out of uh, the, the country now it's a little bit um, easier uh, so I, I I go go back to site every two and a half months but even then I, I really do like to be at site every every six or seven weeks is is my normal course just to get a get a better flavor for what's going on so it, it it's a challenge to 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 run to run companies from from afar brilliant well like, um perhaps uh, you come back on before Christmas let us know how you got on because um, <laughs> sounds sounds like things are starting to motor now so appreciate your time today Akiba we'll see you soon okay. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.